episode 8 live on Twitch as normal, twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming. My name is Dave Hunt, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. I'm here, I'm here, uh, post-game awards. Got a lot to talk about yet again after having a couple weeks of kind of nothing. Yeah, so. Two weeks of news. Yeah, so it's always good when there's stuff going on and then it's going to it's gonna get light. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to get real light. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at some stuff, and I'm like, wow, it's going to get really, really light here pretty soon. Uh, especially with, like, the where Christmas falls this year. Like, people are probably aren't even going to be in the office on that Monday. Mm-mm, so. No. <laughs> this is the last week people are going to be at work. So, it's going to yeah, be like um, that until New Year's. Yeah, with that in mind, um, next week, uh, no, um, Sunday the 22nd, no live show. We will not be doing a live show. Um, it's really, really close to Christmas, and for Michael and I, it's really hard to just to make our schedules work. And our stores are open some stupid hours during this last couple weeks. So. Yeah, that final push to get into the red or the black. So, I always forget what it is. We're working on a guest. Uh, he's kind of being silent. I need to nudge him again. So we're working on a guest for a pre-recorded thing that we will take care of and hopefully have a pretty cool Christmas present for you guys. But uh, for fans of us in general, I think you'll like it. Um, if not, it'll we'll just have a recorded show that... If everything goes according to plan, it's very similar to Thanksgiving week. I'll have it out, um, like on Christmas, like morning of Christmas Eve, um, just so everybody has it for when they're traveling, and that way that I just don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, you are listening to uh, Digital Days Gaming. It is episode number eight. Uh, two months old. That yeah, theoret- doesn't theoretically, seem like it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not exactly sixty days, but in terms of you know. Two months of content of episodes. So uh, again, thank you guys for helping make it possible for the the, the support on all the platforms that we have. Um, YouTube. So YouTube is a big big deal for us. So if you could subscribe on YouTube, even if you don't watch the video, please just subscribe <laughs> uh, and then watch the video uh, or play it. You know, like I was thinking for like a lot of the reasons why we do what we do sometimes is I know you guys can plug your phone into your computer or into a speaker or. Um, but if you're at work somewhere and it's just you know you're watching, you want to watch the past broadcast on Twitch, just you know put it, open it up in a tab and play it and let it let it run, and so you can listen to it. Um, I was just trying to give multiple ways for people to to consume the content. So if you could uh, give a subscription on YouTube, that would be great. Uh, if you could watch, that's awesome. Um, just in general, though, just following on you know social media, Facebook, Twitter, join the Facebook group, um, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast service, leave us a review. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, somebody even reviewed us on Facebook, which we appreciate very much. Uh, a lot, of, lots of reviews early on on the podcast services, uh, but I seem to have seen those dwindle down a little bit. At least the ones that I have access to. So, it's just ways that you guys can help us grow, uh, letting other people know versus us just telling people, "Hey, this is really cool." Well, yeah, of course you think it's cool. You do it. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, anything that you guys can do through there to help. And again, we like I've said before, we stream the show live on Twitch every Sunday night, 9.30 Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming. And we are an affiliated Twitch channel, so you are able to do paid subs or use your uh, Twitch Prime sub on us if you so choose. A lot of you did that, and we are officially over one month old being a Twitch affiliate, and the sub number has <laughs> started to decrease. So please check your sub. And uh, if you are not subbed and you were and you want to support us, please go ahead and click that button. It should be working on all mobile devices, Android and Apple as well now. So if you, even if it's something you just want to open up um, when we're talking and you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, on your podcast services, just go there, search our channel, click on the sub button, and it should just work. 
So if you guys could do that, that would be appreciated. Thank you, uh, Darkside, who just did that. Appreciate it. For the resub, he's on a two-month streak. Um, and those of you watching on Twitch, welcome. All right, we're going to jump right into the news. I did not watch this because I hate award shows. And yes, I hate even the ESPYs. They're terrible, <laughs> even though I'm a big sports fan. But uh, I did. So, we're, Michael, we're going to recap the Video Game Awards. Yeah, the, the Video Game Awards, they came and went on Thursday. Uh, it was a really long show. It, it started at 7.30, ended 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. Kind of a kind of a drag of how long it went, and the ratio of awards given out to trailers was uh, uh, off again. But that's the tough balance with it. Somebody was watching it. I was playing a game, and somebody was watching it. Like had like their computer open and was watching it in the background. And I felt like that what I could hear, it sounded like there was a lot of recapping what they already did. That seemed to happen often. They they would just like recap. Uh, it wasn't even recap. It was just they would just announce a couple awards and like real quick goes. You know, it's like oh, and also these three games, these oh, three okay. awards were handed out or we're handing out these awards, but no acceptance speech, nothing. Just burned through them. Here's the next trailer, and then celebrity guest for you know for like a major award. Uh, by celebrity guest, I mean ninja. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, and he's, Vin a, he's, Diesel. he's a celebrity. So. No, he totally is. He totally is. Uh, but the, the, the I, I basically just broke down some of the highlights. There was like a, a lot of things announced, a lot of small things announced. Uh, the typical like tiny trailer that we're used to seeing where you have no idea what the game's about or anything of that nature. But the, the highlights that I put, the ones that, of course, these are the ones that I, I consider important enough. Hopefully other people find important as well. Uh, Let's start with the big ones. Uh, the Xbox Series X was shown what the physical box is going to look like. The really, actual really, you know, weird console. Really, really weird presentation. Really weird presentation. It it immediately you know spawned you know like the desktop tower jokes, uh, refrigerator jokes because it is just a big you know just black box. Okay. Like, just, so I'm curious. Do you care what a console looks like? No, because that was one thing that like people were like throwing a fit of just like, oh, how's that going to fit in TV stands? Every console manufacturer advertises their console vertically, like every like yeah. uh, PlayStation does well, the plus same it's, thing. Michael, it's not gonna it's not gonna sit on on your entertainment center. It's just gonna have that HDMI port that flips out of the back, and you're just gonna plug it in like a Roku, and it's gonna hang <laughs> off the back of your TV. Wouldn't that be like the <laughs> ultimate? The ultimate trick is just like they like zoom the the camera out and then just Phil Spencer picks it up, puts it in his pocket. But that's clearly not going to happen. This thing, it, it, I kind of like the the way it looks, like the the, the side vents with the, the the green on the inside and uh, like the, the the black cage vent look looks pretty cool. It is relatively basic of a design, but I don't care what the console looks like. Well, are you surprised? Never... Are you surprised though? Like, I, here's the deal. Like, so we've seen that quote unquote leaked dev kit version of the PS5, and the thing looks like a box fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we're hearing, hearing more and more and more that the architecture of these uh, consoles are changing to a PC, one of the biggest challenges with PCs is cooling. Is is how the systems are going to cool and and having space and yes like the PS4 Slim is nice but if you set it on your desk and you're playing God of War it sounds like your desk is going to roll away 
No, my my pro. Every time I load up Call of Duty, it sounds insane. There's a lot of things in a small space, and if they can make something that looks similar to, um, like I don't need, like I guess a PC tower, which is what it looks like, which means it could have probably more ports on it. We've been talking about having more USB ports and more, you know, like and you want the optical port and they want the optimized ports for sound and for audio and for functionality. That requires space. Mm-hmm. So it, it requires space, and and you don't need to get crazy creative. Most people just put it on a shelf on their entertainment system and never look at it, unless they have to, you know, put a disc into it. And people complaining that oh, it's not going to fit anywhere. We don't have the actual dimensions of it, unless that was released otherwise. And I apologize, but it's going to. It's advertised vertically, but you're going to put the console horizontal. Everyone does that unless you have like a really nice display or the room to put the console vertical. Palmer. <laughs> yeah, one of Palmer definitely has the space. I, I I've never been like a big fan of like the the collector's editions or anything like that. Like I almost bought the Kingdom Hearts one, but I would never look at it. I have the Star Wars one. And I only got it because it was like on sale, like the PS4 Pro. Right. And I care less what logos are on it because I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan. So I don't really care what it looks like. Hopefully it's not too gigantic because I'm assuming a PS5 will be in a similar size. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not that god awful V, which I know it's not going to be that V. Right. Because that's just a dev kit. But I, I only have so much space. That I guess the only good thing is these are backwards compatible consoles, so you can like safely just you know discard your your PS4 or your Xbox One. But I mean, I think ventilation is going to be a big thing this this gen, like in terms of like how these systems need to breathe. And you know, like if you look at a like a PC cooling fan in a PC, like that thing would take up twenty five percent of the upper half of my PS4. <laughs> yeah so i mean like i i don't if it means that my system has to be um bigger to to function better like i'm fine with that yeah for the most part i'm i'm fine with that too i i could as long as it runs efficiently and it doesn't sound like a jet engine i'm happy these will probably still sound like jet engines after a little bit of time mm-hmm. but I, I still don't never understand that like i don't hear my desktop at all I guess that there's it's more room for it to four breathe. Four times the size. Yeah, but it's doing way more work than the, the system. Yeah, but look at all the space that's in there, though. Like, yeah. like when I started messing, and my buddy was helping me, you know, adjust and build the PC for me. Like, there's space in there that I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, was there supposed to be more stuff in there? Because I'm kind of one of these people. Like, oh, there's it's like a cabinet. Like, let's fill the cabinet up and fill the shelves up. And he's like, your card needs to breathe. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and yeah. they, there needs to be, like, an airflow function to it. And he was telling me, like, don't put this right on the carpet. You know, you, you need to have it slightly elevated off the ground. If you have one of those, like, metal uh, shelves that, you know, can, you know, sit off the ground a little bit, like, that's the best thing for it. Because mine vents from the bottom, I believe. Yeah, I, I think mine, in my old apartment, it was a carpeted floor. So I had, like, this little two wood tiles from when we had extra tile from when yeah. we tiled the kitchen. And I just had that holding, or the the... the pc on top of it and then i use right now uh or actually not right now i just have my ps4 on top of my tower mm-hmm. under my desk uh, but before <laughs> i was just using a cheap shoe rack off amazon and yeah. i put it under my desk because yep. uh, i don't sit too close to my monitor so i don't need to like 
push my chair in too far just to keep it out of the way yeah uh so uh with the xbox one x uh they they also showed up yeah series x (laughs) or xbox sx do you think that's Uh, the final name i hope not um the, the current rumor is like that's going to be the high-end model and then they're going to have an Xbox Series S, which would be the Lockhart model, which would be the more affordable model, uh, which sounds kind of crazy. We did have someone ask in the questions about what we think price is going to be, and I think that's going to be really dependent on if Xbox does uh, two models at launch because then they'll definitely be like a $300 mo- or a $400 model and a $500 model. Uh, I don't think PS5 is going to have a Pro right away. They might wait a little, like maybe I think like that, two Yeah, years. they might wait and, and see feedback and see maybe what features people are thinking that it's missing. Yeah, but I, I guess Xbox wants to move into that direction where they have the like the rebranding of their models, and it's, it's a little call confusing. It Xbox then, like. Okay. Yeah, I yeah I guess yeah that would make the most sense. It's it is confusing, and it's we always talk about that, you know, grandparent or parent that's shopping because we've experienced those people who are going to be very confused, especially yeah. when you have the uninformed people that will you know work retail. So someone's gonna be like, oh, I need an Xbox sx because it will immediately get truncated to the xbox sx right for for marketing purposes and people are gonna get confused and it's gonna be up to microsoft to just pull the old consoles off the shelves at that point just to make sure there's no confusion just kind of like how the iphone you know know, they'll keep a couple generations out at one time but it's kind of hard to buy the older model unless you go like a prepaid route Mm mm-hmm so maybe Microsoft just pulls those off the shelf and and focuses on the new models. But I doubt that because there's still people that would want to buy like a more affordable model. Right. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see like if they go the two skew route and then one obviously like takes off and sells really, really well. Then there's going to be the perceived uneducated consumer that thinks that they're price gouging. And then the, the poor retail worker is going to have to explain to them like, no, this is the upgraded model. And, you know, like it's just... It, uh, the initial surge of it is just very confusing because, like, when you look at two different phones, like that's the you know everybody's like, well, Apple's been doing it for years, and Galaxy and Samsungs. You look at a Samsung Galaxy Ten and a Galaxy Note, there is a substantial visual difference. Mm-hmm. When you look at and even the PlayStation Pro to the PS4, there's it's a, vis- there's a visual difference. Yeah. I've seen an Xbox One X and an Xbox One, and I don't know if you put them both in front of me right now if I could tell you which one is what. I think that the X is a little bit bigger, but it's not a substantial visual difference in terms of the form factor or anything. I think you're right with that. So my concern would be if there's going to be two of these towers out there, are they going to look identical? Is one, you know, like the the easiest thing for them to do would obviously be like just do a color difference, like one being black and one being like a gray, like a you know like a light gray or a slate gray. But I don't know if somebody's going to want that. They're probably going to hate that too. Like, <laughs> I, I could see them doing black and white, right. just the, the the new models or the 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 powerful model, just 
be the black one they advertised and then uh consumer friendly price model just have that one white and go from there and then you can play around adding different color variants once you get the other consoles off the market i just hope that their marketing focus is on the value price point one not necessarily the value price point one but like their opening price point and then saying hey there's an upgrade versus them it's always harder to start at hey this is 550 or you can get the inferior one for 400 I, I think we'll see that, and most of the advertising, though, probably will just be the higher end, you Which, know. I think that's gameplay. a mistake. So. No, but the fine print's so small, you won't even notice. Right. Let's say running on a Series X, and that would be meaningless. No, to... I mean I'm just even talking about Xbox commercial. Like during like like Christmas next year, when we're, when I'm watching a football game, there's an Xbox commercial. Like, I mean, I'm sure you'll see the starting at 3.99. I think that's what you'll see if yeah. they do the two model. Right. Way, uh, but we're getting too we're getting too yeah. into the weeds in this one. <laughs> How do you feel about them showing it at the video game awards? It was weird. I was really excited when I first saw it. I'm like, holy shit, this is really big. But by the middle of the awards, I almost forgot they did it. It's, th- they didn't have anything to show really outside of Hellblade Two. Do you think it forces Sony's hand at all? I don't think so, because I, I, I feel the reason Sony isn't really pushing that is because they're still selling really well during the holidays, PS4s and PS4 Pros, that they're just like, let's just wait till we get out of the holiday season and then do a big blowout around GDC. Okay. Just the, like they, they did that with the PS4. Then they the, wait until February or March. Yeah, because the other thing that actually happened at the Video Game Awards that hasn't happened, and we were talking about it last week, is that somebody said PS5. (laughs) Yes, they did. So so Xbox Series X, they showed off Hellblade from Ninja Theory, or Hellblade 2, which I'm super hyped out. I I loved the first Hellblade. But as soon as someone pointed out on Twitter and said, does Hellblade really need a sequel, I realized it kind of doesn't. But it looks really cool, and I will play anything Ninja Theory makes. Okay, so I got a question for you now. So when did Hellblade come out? Roughly. Two years ago, I believe. It's two years now? Mm-hmm. Okay. How big is Ninja Theory as a studio? They're not a huge team. They started to... The reason they made Hellblade is they wanted to make something on a smaller scale, but still at a AAA level. They're like, we can put you know, several, several years development in a really long experience, or we can put our AAA talents to a shorter confined experience. So if Hellblade just turns out to be another six to 10 hour game, I'm fine with that. Okay. Because we know that Microsoft purchased them in June, roughly in June of last, of this year, 2019. And then in that, from June of 2019 until I'm guessing November, 2020, this studio will produce will have produced two quote-unquote triple-A titles. So when they announced that they were going full independent or they were going to do the triple-A experiences on a smaller scale with Hellblade, they mentioned that they had broken the team into little smaller teams that were working on games, which is why I think they're going to be able to break out Bleeding Edge, which is their multiplayer game, or Bleeding Cool, I forget what it's called. They'll be able to pump that out, and then Hellblade, if Hellblade stays in the tradition of the the first one and not be a super long experience, I think they should be fine. Okay. 
uh, in that like middle ground. You know, I, I it'll probably be a full sixty dollar game just because it you know, will be early on in the, the devs or you know the console launch. Yeah, I'm just worried that you know like you're pushing a new studio that you just purchased like too far. But yeah, original Hellblade came out August eighth, twenty seventeen. So. Mm-hmm. It was just more curiosity yeah. on my part. I haven't played the game. It's on Game Pass, so I probably should check it out. But You should. I need a controller to work. <laughs> that one, a controller should work without a problem. <laughs> I would think Halo would, too. So. You think, but you just had yeah. the wrong controller. <laughs> but you did mention uh, the PS5 game um, that was announced. Godfall, which is being published by Gearbox and being developed by Counterplay Games, which Counterplay Games, I looked at their website. They're a relatively new studio and they just have a bunch of people that worked on a bunch of different AAA games. This is their uh, looter. It's like an action-adventure looter slasher uh, with some fantasy elements. It immediately... That 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 I definitely got the, the 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 fantasy vibes and got a little bit of Warframe vibes when I first saw it. Just a little bit. Uh, there wasn't a ton of gameplay. There was a little snippets of gameplay in it. Uh, but that is our first PS5 announcement, and it's coming holiday 2020. So that that is a launch game probably. Which Should good be. time to launch your your you know new studio want to launch your game try and get in on launch day when people are looking for anything and everything that they can play. Right. Um, uh, I had some people that, are, like, again, like I said, I was listening, I was watching this while playing a game, and a couple friends, like, had Godfall been, that name been around a little while? No, no. I believe this is a new IP. I could be wrong, though. Okay, because some people were like, I thought Godfall was dead. And I was like, I don't, you know. Didn't know yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's a... A new game. There was a game called Greedfall that came out earlier this year. Okay. I I've been calling it Godfrey for some reason. I Godfall's kind of a generic name. I I was really worried when I saw the Gearbox logo, just because uh-huh. I don't really have faith in Gearbox, but they're just publishing it, so I'm willing to give this a shot. And if it's a launch game, I, I'm one of those people. I'll buy the PS5 on launch, and then look for whatever games I can get for it, because usually retailers are due on launch day if you buy the console buy two get one free type of deal i feel like has the the, the last couple right. console launches have and, it, and it looks like this is going to have i mean either exclusive content or exclusive to playstation for a little bit on their website i believe they list pc okay. holiday 2020 so, so console, exclusive. console exclusive yeah uh then uh throughout the the show so that was that i they didn't show enough of it for to have a full-blown discussion on it. I'm interested in seeing what it is as we get more gameplay of it. Uh, but just random little things throughout the show. Uh, so we got two teaser trailers for the, the League of Legends uh, offshoot games, which uh, Riot announced uh, earlier this year. They're working on a fighting game and multiple games in the League of Legends universe because league of legends has hundreds of heroes and has some really cool lore and they're going to finally use that lore in other games or other style games that aren't mobas in hopes of getting people into the moba because you might fall in love with the character and be like oh i want to play league of legends now and see all the other heroes so we got two teaser trailers for those games 
no clue in how far along the development is for most of these games because uh, they kind of just started to announce them uh, this year a couple months ago. Uh, you know, they, they at Evo they announced that they're working on a fighting game, and then these two look like some action adventure uh, style games. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see Riot doing something because there's been a lot of talk about Riot working on other games that aren't League of Legends for a while now. So we're finally starting to see those. Yeah, not my kind of thing, but a lot they of people... could be though, <laughs> yeah. depending on how they turn out. Right. Like the MOBA definitely isn't your thing, but they. You like a good action adventure game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh the the weirdest one, <laughs> The Wolf Among Us 2 was <laughs> announced. Reannounced. <laughs> yeah, re reannounced after it was canceled and the studio was forcibly closed and the studio was bought by a firm. Uh, we have the the Wolf Among Us 2, which people were excited about. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm pretty sure Telltale's dead or the people that worked on The Wolf Among Us 1 are all gone at this point. Right. I never played The Wolf Among Us. It's on my list. I think I own it and just never got around to playing it. I think I ended up then on pretty much every Telltale game, either be on free with Plus or end up being like $3 during Christmas. I think so. And, I, and they just started the re-release of Telltale games after they like disappeared from the store. Right. So I, I, I feel weird about it because like I, I want to, I'm pretty sure I own the Wolf Among Us. If I don't, I don't really feel comfortable buying it because I know the developers aren't going to make money off of that game anymore. <laughs> and it's just uh, they're a shell of who they are. So I, after watching uh, the No Clip documentary on the Telltale games closing, and hearing all the reports out of how Telltale closed and how they treated some of their employees, I don't know if I can support The Wolf Among Us too. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's hard. hard for I mean, me to I separate. don't think that they can do episodic content again. They, if if they really want to give this another go, or whoever bought it wants to do this, they need to do a significantly better job with the episodic stuff. They can still do episodic, but they better have their shit together. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, like, there has to be, like, a calendar or, like, a roadmap. There needs to be a roadmap. They need to actually just have everything done right away and then hit the same release date. Right. That's why I say there needs to be a roadmap. Like, here, comes out September 1st, each episode hits on the first of the month until December. Like, they need mm-hmm. to say that, like, at like right off the bat. Like, it needs yeah, to be, like, need... printed on, like, the back of the box, if they even sell a box. <laughs> yeah, or just say fuck it we're a new telltale because they are and just release the whole game right uh, but i have a feeling they're gonna go episodic because they assume that's what people want from a telltale game but yeah they need to hit their release dates consistently well they need to set, if they're going to they need to set a release date not mm-hmm. just say soon <laughs> yeah which is pretty need, much what we they... got before i would be i would be so, I don't know if I'll play it, but I would be super pissed if they come out and then episode one comes out and it's like two to three months between an episode yeah. again. Uh, but maybe it'll turn out great. Maybe they'll hire a bunch of people that worked on the first one. Who knows? Sounds like a lot of those people got jobs elsewhere with hopefully job security. But we'll see where that goes. Um, the the most curious thing, the, um, I'm saving uh, the one for last, so I'm going a little out of order here. Um, they brought Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez out 
to present the Game of the Year award. And the last announcement, the last teaser of the night was a Fast and the Furious Crossroads game, which immediately just got roasted online because the game looks terrible. It looks like an early PS3 game. It's just a licensed cash grab. And I, for one, was one of those people that was really disappointed with that, that being how they end the show. That being the last announcement was a real bummer but they needed to get the celebrity name out there and this is how they did it. Well, and this is a cash printing studio who's ever, you know, like who's there, you know, behind this, the fast and furious name, whether you like it or don't like it is a cash making thing. So I'm sure that they're like, well, if we're going to do that and then we're going to go big, you know, and they're maybe more focused on the name and the marketing than they are on the actual game, which is, we all know is a terrible mistake. It's a terrible mistake. It was just such a head-scratcher to end the show that way. I would think one of the console launches would have been better off, or the console announcements would have been better off being the the end of the show than the Fast and the Furious game, which immediately just gets roasted online. So, so bizarre. And I think it almost took the wind out of the actual Game of the Year announcement, or you know, like the winner announcement, because everyone was just like, what the fuck is this? And then find out who the winner is, and then you're just like, oh, Okay, but what the fuck was that Fast and the Furious is or not anything else in the show just kind of ended and was kind of a bummer. Uh, before we get to that, uh, last thing I wanted to talk about is the something we talked about a lot last week is uh, Ghost of Tsushima had a release window of summer 2020 announced. You were right. Yep, I was right. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> what did you think of the trailer? It's more the, the trailer same, looked right? good. Yeah, it, it, it looks really, really cool. Uh as soon as I saw that it was summer 2020, now I'm just trying to figure out like the best time during summer. Is it going to be one of those classic Sony releases it during E3? Well, it's too close to Last of Us, I think. Which is in May now, right? Yeah, end of May. Yeah, so it'll probably be end of summer just to get it out right before the console's launched. Well, you talked about uh, it like August is a like prime window because you really only really go up against Madden. Yeah, which I think that the Madden audience would be different enough for her this audience. Uh, but what did you think? Because I, I, I saw behind-the-scenes stuff at E3, so I didn't really see anything, like, crazy here. I just saw, um, like, continued good work. I mean, I still have the same question of, like, more the curiosity of, like, what exactly type of gameplay is it? I mean, is this more Sekiro slash Dark Souls, or is it more, like, God of War, you know, Horizon kind of gameplay? Like, you know, like... I don't know. That's that's more or less my curiosity right now is, you know, is it going to be a parry game? Is it going to be a hack and slash game? Is it going to, you know, like, and obviously we'll, they'll start their marketing train up pretty soon with, with, you know, certain things for that in the next couple of months. But at this point in time, like, the things that I know already is, like, it's, the game's beautiful. The, the concept looks very interesting. The you know the weather mechanics that they keep showing off with the leaves and the trees and the grass and and the the samurai armor and everything that looks amazing now i'm to the point where like okay like you this is a beautiful looking game what kind of gameplay is it so from what i remember which again this was two years ago it felt i didn't play it but i i got to see like a decent chunk of it 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 was very uh, a little slow paced. Like it, sh- it, I would compare it to like a Sekiro, for sure. It's like 
faster pace than a Demon Souls, Dark Souls, but not as fast as like a God of War can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the like quote unquote boss fight, you know, because uh, it didn't have any outrageous bosses, or at least it didn't have from what I saw. It was you know a sword fight one on one that was very timing focused and uh, parry focused for that like encounter I saw, but there was a lot of stealth uh, action in between uh, like that boss fight. Uh, so it's kind of in between like the, the, what you were mentioning. So like I would compare it to like a Sekiro uh, or keep it in that range. Maybe not as difficult just cause I don't see sucker punch doing like a hyper difficult game right. uh, or Sony wanting to do that. Even though they did, you know, publish Dark Souls, I don't. I don't see them, or not Dark Souls, Demon Souls. I don't see them, uh, or Sucker Punch specifically, who have always had games that are very welcoming to the like the general uh, public. Uh, but it's yeah. a large change of direction for them from the infamous franchise and a third-person action-adventure game to where this is a you know a third-person combat game. Yeah, I, I think it probably will still have some of their like some elements from their old games, but when I talk to them, they they seem very excited to do something a little different. You know, they they learned a lot by doing their open world games, and this will probably be pretty open, or not as open as their previous games, but big environments to play around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they seemed really excited to like kind of. Not necessarily get away. Get away sounds like a bad thing, you know. Like they they wanted to, to run to, away to move forward from from the infamous. So. Yeah, to, to to move forward and try something different. Uh, so I, I'm excited for it. I'm sure it'll be uh, an entertaining game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Sekiro uh, won game of the year, which was kind of shocking. Absolutely. I was I was happy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad that something like this does because this this game caught a ton of heat when it first came out for not having any kind of difficulty modes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And for it to... We talked about... I don't know if we talked about it or not, but with Keeley's relationship with Kojima and Keeley being in the game, there was a lot of speculation that of you know like how these game awards might play out. And Keeley had to come out and... Jeff Keeley, I'm sorry. Had to come out and say, I don't have any direct impact on this. I don't have any direct impact on the nominees. I'm just producing the show. It's all public-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost feel like he was in a situation where, like, even if Death Stranding won, like, it couldn't win. <laughs> I, I could totally see that. I never expected Death Stranding to win. But I really, I don't know if it should have been a no, even a nomination. So, like, like I, I don't feel like it was there. Um, the game that I think kind of got shafted overall from everything I heard about is Outer Worlds. Um, yeah, people were expecting that to do bigger well because uh there's other categories that outer world should have won it like death stranding kind of kind of won in like right. death Stranding's a good game uh if you're into that sort of game but it it was weird anytime death stranding like i, I would have been shocked if death stranding won game of the year so it was death stranding sekiro and what else was and outer worlds was up too right yeah outer worlds uh super smash brothers which i if this was the fan vote super smash brothers probably would have won easily mm-hmm uh, yeah, Sekiro, Super Smash Brothers. Okay. Oh man, my yeah, mind is just blanking. Yeah. Outer World, Sekiro, Smash, Death Stranding. 
And it was only, yeah. what, five, maybe six nominees overall? Yeah. Oh, and Control was oh, that's nominated right. yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That was so, it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy. Like, I, I hope that, you know, like this, you know, lets developers know that you can, you know, go a different route. You don't have to go the casual, everybody and their mom can play this game style, you know, and still, you know, be successful. And I hope, it, you know, it shows that publishers and it shows publishers that they should let their developers develop. <laughs> That that's the immediately when I saw Sekiro One, I was like, maybe this will motivate Activision to try something else from time to time because everyone was shocked when they published this or they had a partnership with from software. But then Activision is just like their stocks like at an all time high right now because of Call of Duty, so it's like probably not going to be the direction I go to in the future. But it shows them like a path. But I think a lot of people take. are going to check this game out because it won that award. Oh, for sure, and and I, I've already seen some a lot of the sales. I think most of the Game Awards stuff was on sale on PSN, Xbox, yeah. and Steam. So there's definitely people that are going to try out it always, a lot of these. It games. always looked really cool to me. Um, my friend Johnny is playing it uh, now. He bought it. I think he bought it like on on Black Friday, and uh, he's very, 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 very good at video games. And it's frustrating. This game is frustrating him. So <laughs> I know for a fact it would frustrate me. So I might just stay away from it. <laughs> Yeah, my friend has offered to let me have his copy, and every time it's like, I just don't have patience for that. I might try it, but it'll be like Demon Souls, which I played like three hours. Right. I bought the collector's edition for Demon Souls on PS3 day one, and played like three hours, and it's like, yep, nope, nope, this isn't for me. Yeah. I just can't do it. Uh, but yeah, this should motivate people to try it, and I like from software as a studio, so I'm happy that they won. Yeah. Uh, because. I don't know if Super Smash Brothers would have won. That would have been kind of disappointing. I wasn't the biggest fan of Death Stranding. Outer Worlds, I really like Outer Worlds and Control. Control yeah. might be my game of the year from this year. I keep going back, making my own personal list, and Control is always like in the top three, usually in the top spot. Yeah, I mean, I like that. You know, like you know, some sequel or big name. You know, didn't you know, like, and even though Activision published it, like this is still a. a cool studio to win a game of the year award it's not a mm -hmm. it's not a you know a mega studio or anything like that so that's awesome yeah uh but yeah that was it uh the game awards kind of took all the news uh, for the game awards you know between the state of play nintendo indie world and the game awards we kind of covered uh everything yeah. and then now the video game industry will go to sleep for <laughs> two three weeks probably like a month actually so mm -hmm. um all right, so we're going to go on to what we're playing and watching. Um, I'll start. So I tried to stream it a little bit, but I did check out and dive pretty deep into um, Destiny's new season. Uh, it's called Season of the Dawn. Uh, this has a deep connection for me because, like, the Destiny 1 lore was always kind of a big deal and hearing about certain things. And I play Titan a lot, and you're saving, you're trying to, to, to save um, Saint-14, which is what a lot of the, the theme around this is. Um, and trying to, I'm, I was really curious about how this season was going to work because of uh, just it costing ten dollars, and they produced a roadmap, and you know how much story content is really going to be in this. Is this going to be, you know, it's like, is it ten dollars worth of content? Like, is it more? Is it less? Is it how people want it delivered? Um, and I feel like those results are mixed right now. Um, the first day that I played uh, Tuesday, I did play for a good part. I was off work. I did play for a good portion of the day, probably eight or nine hours. And I don't really feel like I did, it's hard to say this, but I don't really feel like I did anything 
I didn't repeat anything, but I was still having that mix of starting the new quest line, but within the new quest line, it's having you kind of go back and do some of the stuff that's already in the game. Like, oh, go run five strikes and get these compo these components from completing a strike and go play Crucible and get a component from doing that. And then, you know, like we're trying to repair things and the way they have you repair things is to play the similar content. But the expectation that I had going into this was very low. Like you, like you and I have been talking about this for a couple of weeks of how this was going to work. And up until they showed that trailer, like I wasn't even like fully bought into it because I didn't know how this seasonal content was going to work. Um, there is a couple, like a, there, are very very few brand new story missions where you're going somewhere. Um, you are going back to Mercury, which is a planet that you've been to like all the way back to like vanilla Destiny Two. Um, and it's, it's just the free-to-play model that they have going and the, the system that they're trying to put in place where there's items that players can do that don't own the season pass and then the stuff that you can do if you do own the season pass it's just it's still really weird and I think a lot of people are having a hard time adjusting to it because of, how, of the way that the content was delivered for so long so where this is being delivered differently now. This is 100%, in my opinion, worth more than $10, what I've played so far this week. There's you know there's new weapons to grind for. There's a lot of weapons. There's new things that are going to be added next week at Reset. And then they have a, a roadmap for the rest, pretty much until February. Like They're releasing a couple story missions at launch, like they did. And they're releasing another story mission next week. And they're releasing a, different, a higher difficulty mode of the seasonal activity. Um, so... In terms of the the level of entry, like we talked about, is very low. Like you can download Destiny 2 uh, right now. You can just download it, and you can play Strikes, you can play Crucible, you can play Gambit. You don't have to spend a dollar. You can level up your your season your season nine pass and has certain items. You can get the new exotic weapon that's in that's part of this season. I get it at level at level one for having owned the season pass. If you choose not to own the season pass, you get it at level 35. So and then, so it's just more or less, you know, the making the purchase is just getting something faster. You're not getting anything better. You know, everything else that you get that that I get that's in season pass that somebody else doesn't get is just cosmetic. Um, so there are obviously a couple activities that are locked behind the paywall um, of the ten dollars, but it's only like ten bucks, and it's for these three months. So. Right now, it's I feel like it's worth more than than the, than the ten dollars. Uh, is that going to last the whole three months? Probably not. Or, or is the Destiny community as a whole going to just chew through this content and have frustrations yep. with it? Yeah, absolutely, they are. That's what they do. So, um, but I I'm enjoying it right now. But again, I do I, I do enjoy the game. Uh, I was having this conversation with somebody the, the other day, and I can't think of a better shooter this generation. Like, you know, like somebody was trying to like, and I played a little bit of Titanfall 2 and I need to kind of finish the campaign, but you know, like people were saying that maybe, you know, a couple were saying that Titanfall 2's, you know, uh, shooting mechanics. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm not disputing Titanfall 2's story, but mechanically the, the, the various different types of weapons that are in this game and the weapons that do so many different things, um, you know, whether it's a grenade launcher or a breach grenade launcher or a sidearm or an SMG or an auto rifle or a pulse rifle or a sniper rifle or a rocket launcher or a linear fusion rifle. There's so many archetypes in this game and they all work and they all work well and they all work like they're supposed to work. Um, 
just so I mean that's pretty much consumed a lot of my week was destiny um, like I said I can't I I'm pretty much at the point where I'm annoyed and frustrated enough that I'm not going to really mess with game pass until I can get a controller that I just know that works and I'm just gonna get an Xbox controller it'll probably be after Christmas by the time I get it though so um, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna dig into game pass a little bit more um, and um, like uh, I need to go back to, to Fallen Order, but my Origins did actually expire today. But the nice thing is I can re-up it when I'm ready to go back to it, and I'll have everything there. So that'll probably be something I'll pick up in a little bit. Um, watching today, my wife and I, because she was kind of interested in it, um, we rewatched um, all, we, all six episodes of Mandalorian. Um, I was only like three in, so like four, five, and six were new for me. Um, it's... It, it, it's cool, like the 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 stories that they're the the arc that they're trying to tell um, of of what he's doing. Um, I don't necessarily want to spoil it for anybody if you're not really paying attention to it or you're behind. Um, I still don't 100 percent know what's going on, and I think that's half me not being like super into Star Wars and half the way that they're telling the story in the in the in the show. Um, what it, what I am finding a little bit concerning is it's just it, it's very short. <laughs> Each episode is very short. It's like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Oh, really? I thought it was like a 45-minute yeah, sort of yeah, hour. I think you know, my wife pointed out, she's like, oh, this one's, you know, she's like, this episode is only like 32 or 30, you know, th- 31 or 32 minutes. I'm like, well, the screen says like 40 minutes. And she's like, Dave, there's like six minutes of credits every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then plus the recaps that are there and stuff like that. So it's roughly about a 30 or 35-minute show. It's not it's not super long. Um but I am enjoying it. I haven't really had a chance to watch very much other uh, television, um, just because you know work and um, just working on some stuff. And I, I played a lot of Destiny, so I know not everybody's a huge fan of Destiny. Um, but I'm not even going to apologize for it anymore. It's the game that I love and I enjoy playing, and I'm going to continue to play it. So yeah, as long as you sprinkle in other games there from time to time, it's yeah. fine. I have, you know, like I said, when I re up Origins, like. I want to play like Dead Cells. I want to finish Fallen Order. Um, I have, you know, I have Control. There's some other, you know, there's some other games that I need to that I, I'm going to dig into and play. But I mean, right right now I'm just I'm enjoying the whether it's a good grind or a bad grind. I'm enjoying the going after these new weapons that have new perks and do cool new different things and trying to find the next thing that's like the most fun to use and also the most effective. It's still always fun to me. So. But that's it for playing and watching for me. So for me, a couple old games and uh, one new game. Uh, I had some friends over yesterday uh, and busted out Rock Band 4 because that's usually the go-to. Didn't marathon play like I've known to play Rock Band 4 with friends, but did a couple hours of Rock Band, uh, which is always nice. It had the, the fear, though, uh, that the, the controllers were dead and I was out of batteries because <laughs> all the Rock Band 4 stuff is battery-operated. Luckily batteries survived just long enough to get through like a three hour session of rock band or a two hour session uh still battling uh the crystal dragon and earth knight on switch which i think i'll, I'll review earth knight uh the next episode that we have or the next normal episode we have i think i'll be ready to review that as i grind through that and continue to like improve and get that timing down like you get into a nice rhythm with that game uh but like a lot of other games i it, this might just be a me problem when I step away from a game for a while and play other games and I go back to it, this takes me a little bit oh, to get back into a rhythm. There's definitely a timing aspect to it. So. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely has like the 
that you need that timing and rhythm down. Doesn't take me too long to pick it back up. There's definitely a couple runs that just immediately get burned. Uh, continuing uh, playing Modern Warfare uh, with. I need to go back, man. This this sounds like the seasonal content's really cool. Seasonal content's really good. They the the playlists are really solid. You know, they mix in at night night vision mode maps. They, they, they're doing a really good job. They just introduced their season pass. I don't know if I'm going to buy it because I'm playing it, but not playing it consistently enough to level up. You don't have to buy s- anything, though, right? You get all the new maps. You get the new modes. You get It's just a, yeah, yeah. You, it's just a faster progression train again, right? You get, like, new watches for your character to have in-game. Uh, there's some weapons locked to the season pass, too, but it just helps wait, you Wait, speed. wait, so there's new, there's new weapons locked to the season pass or to the paid season pass? To the paid season pass. So, like, uh, if you don't pay for it, you can't just earn it later? I, I think it's a, it's a huge grind to, in order to get it. So you can still get it for okay. free, but okay. it's just a matter of, you know, season passes is just, you know. No, it's fine. It's, but I yeah. thought that they you were sitting there saying that they had a weapon, because that's essentially pay to win. If they have a weapon no, no, no. It, that you cannot I earn. Want to, so. yeah, if I want to put the work into it, I can get it. Okay. Uh, so it's just a matter of if I want to put the work into it without throwing money down. Because I think and, you, and I, you and I are a hundred percent on board with cosmetic content, right? Like you, you yeah, play yeah, Overwatch's I'm, Overwatch's uh, gameplay loop is based on cosmetics. Yeah, Overwatch's cosmetics, and you know, obviously this is the core gameplay. And Apex, same thing. I'm fine with cosmetics. I, I really don't care what other people look like, and I'm not upset if someone has like nicer gear than me. Right, but at the same time, if you if you see something at level eighty five that you think is cool. You're gonna and you make the decision to go get it. You're gonna go get it, mm-hmm. for sure. And I've definitely done that. I've never really put too much cash down to to get yeah, there. Not, but I, mean I, either, I so. if they if they give me the grind opportunity, I I, I go for it. Okay. I I can't praise Modern Warfare enough. Crossplay is so nice. Displaying with pe- my friends on PC. Most of my friends are on PC. A couple people were on Xbox explaining how the Activision friendless thing works because everyone has like, an, uh, you know, they have to register an, with an Activision account, which then they register an Activision name. But you can't just have a regular name. It's like Discord. We have like a, a set of digits after your name. So every time we onboard someone who isn't familiar with an Activision account or don't know they have an Activision account because, you know, people just kind of skip click, forward click, click, things. Click, click. <laughs> So doing that has been kind of a fun thing because it, it, it's t- definitely killed some game nights where we're like just like talking to someone in group chat like, OK, no, hit triangle. And they're like, I, I don't have triangle. Like, OK, hold Y <laughs> and pull up your Activision friend list. So my friend list? No, your Activision friend list. It's a separate menu. <laughs> and you're doing and all that through Discord, I'm assuming, right? A Discord and group me for my coworkers. Okay. So it's just. It, it's doing that but once you get on it's it's nice being able to have people in one party from three different platforms and abusing the fact that sometimes it seems uh, when you have a controller person in your party a console controller person in your party the game will gravitate towards matching you with other controller console people so if you have one friend in your party that's on pc you know they're going to be the god of that of those rounds because they're on keyboard and mouse and taking advantage of that is really nice yeah uh it's it, it's great it's how gaming should be i'm so happy going into the next generation crossplay will be 
almost a given. Like right. we're going to hit a point next year. Prob- it's, it's, probably it's, it's going to be expected. Yes. What do you as mean it doesn't work? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, if you're, if you're a game on multiple platforms and you don't have crossplay, you're probably going to get skipped over. I know crossplay is going to probably be important for me going into the future because yeah. I buy games based on where my group goes mm-hmm. and my group isn't platform specific anymore. Right. You know, I, I know a lot of people on PC. I know a lot of people on Xbox and I like not having that fanboy bullshit, you know? So it's great. And it's going to dictate my purchases now for multiplayer games. And, and developers, I feel like are embracing it even more. So like destiny has cross save where mm-hmm. um, I haven't even had a chance to mess with it. I keep forgetting. I have it actually, but that listener sent us, sent me the Google stadia buddy pass and, the what I keep forgetting is that when you when Shadowkeep was out, Shadowkeep's purchase was tied to PSN. When I bought Season of the Dawn, I went into Destiny. I had to purchase a thousand silver, which is ten dollars, and I bought the pass in the game, not on the PSN store. Like I went onto the season pass and I clicked purchase with silver, and I bought it. And what I keep forgetting is that I can go to PC, I can level up my battle pass, I can play the new seasonal content on PC. Because I purchased something from Bungie, not from Sony. So, like, and and I feel like that's kind of the the route that these developers are going to be going of where, like, yes, like the, the maybe the initial entry needs to come from the PSN store, the Xbox store, or the Steam store, but now the future content is is the current currency that the games have. So, like, when you buy stuff on Overwatch, are you buying it directly from Activision Blizzard, or are you buying it on PSN? You're buying it on PSN, sadly. But when Overwatch 2 comes out, I totally, now at this point, expect Overwatch 2 to be cross-play, or I can take my stuff from PC to console, because I did buy Overwatch twice. But I I haven't had to purchase Destiny on PC at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I downloaded the free to play version, and I can I couldn't play the Shadowkeep stuff. I couldn't play a lot of the Moon stuff, but I could play last season. I could play the Vex offensive stuff. I could do the strikes. I could do the gambit. I could do the Crucible. Now, um, the that content that Shadowkeep content is still there, and it's and, and it's a necessary thing to be there for for the leveling system. But it's not the current focus of what's going on, and I can play the current focus of what's going on on both platforms. So if you're on PC and you're listening to this, I need a Steam. I need Steam friends. <laughs> so um, it's my Steam is the same as my PSN. I think it's my Steam is yeah, my Steam is good. Dave Hunt. So please add me on Steam. <laughs> Let's play some games. I'm gonna buy Darksiders hopefully after Christmas too. I want to check yeah. that out. So sorry. No, no, it's fine. Uh, and then the last game I'm playing, I just uh, I got sent a, a copy of it. Uh, it's called Fightin' Rage, and this is a classic like 2d brawler like streets of rage final fight type game uh cool art style they they do the thing that i'm I'm always a sucker for where you can you know have you can mimic a crtv and it has like that round shape to it and like you can see the the screen reflected off the sides uh but this is just a straight up like classic 2d game uh pixel art it it seems like it's gonna be a pretty deep game i just got it like yesterday so I haven't played too much of it, uh, but the game's supposed to have like multiple endings based on what happens during your combat or you know during your 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 playthrough. It's it's like one to three players, so I'm 
going to try that out. Local only. Uh, I played maybe like 45 minutes to an hour of it uh, over the last day because I had people over and then I had work today. So mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of time for it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, like the, the, the combat is solid. I like those type of old school games. I grew up on like the Streets of Rage Final Fight combat, you know, gameplay. Uh, so it's pretty cool. The only thing that kind of freaks me out is uh, the 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 first character you get is a, a girl named Gal, and her the boob physics for the pixel character are freaky. They they're very freaky. It's this very bouncy boob physics on a pixelated character. It's just super weird. Freaks me out. But other than that, fun game. Probably gonna play other characters because it's just a little too over the top for my taste. Okay. Uh, I'm playing. It. I don't know why. Like, the, like soon as I played it, and I, I was like watching. I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, start moving around. I'm like, oh, this game looks pretty cool. I'm like, the the art, you know, the, the the trimmings around everything is good. But then I kept noticing that character. I'm just like, why, why, why does it do that? Why, why is it moving like that? It's like some fucking dead or alive bullshit uh, going on with it. But outside of that, good combat, pretty fun. The soundtrack is that 90s metal sound that you would find in the the games that it's, you know, paying homage to. Uh, I picked it up on PS4, or they sent a PS4 copy. I believe it's on Xbox One and the Switch and PC. Reviews for it seem like it's pretty favorable, so I'm hoping I get into it. I'm planning to stream uh, Tuesdays at, like, 4 Easterns, like, consistently. So I'm probably going to run through some of the like the indie games on Tuesday. So I'm going to probably play a little bit of this on stream. Uh, and we'll probably send those over to our YouTube channel uh, mm-hmm. so to, to archive them. Uh, so uh, hopefully I get a little bit more into this game and then uh, maybe do a, like a full review. But I do plan to at least stream this game because uh, I like the brawler like genre. Uh, one thing I do like that they do uh, to take up like some of the screen real estate, uh, they uh, have like a speed run counter, which nice. will, you know, just it tracks how long you're beating the levels, but it also or beating the game, but it also breaks it down by levels, which I think is like pretty cool if you're like super serious about speed running or just want to see how fast. You, like, kind of lap times or check times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It gives you gives you that, and it's just in the right hand corner. And you can just keep track of that. And I totally, and you know, it was only 45 minutes and I died a couple times. But each time I died, I was just like, oh, let me see how fast I can get through this first stage. Because I did this first stage like three times. And, you know, shaving time off every time was you know, kind of cool. Just another little thing to, like, attract yourself and, you know, get better at. And uh, I noticed on the, the menu, there's a lot of question marks. So I'm assuming there's, like, several different modes or not several, or at least a few different modes, because uh, as soon as I got through, like, the first and second stage, a one-on-one mode popped up where I, I guess I can fight, uh, like, a CPU boss battle sort of thing, or I can battle, uh, like, a co-op partner uh, one-on-one, which I'm interested to see how that works out for, like, a 2D brawler that's not a fleshed-out fighting game. Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll probably... Uh, talk about this a little bit more next time uh and then again uh, i'm gonna try and stream it uh since i got it i i'm time now that we're getting a little further closer to the holidays we're also getting away from the holidays like at least the heavy portion yeah of it so my schedule is kind of lightning lightning uh, you know it's getting thinner 
thank god uh, there's still going to be spots over the next week where it's going to be like intense but like i'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel through this holiday season i don't know if it's like that for you yeah uh, i mean we'll see how it goes but i mean like it's just for me it's trying to figure things out like i you know just in terms of just the holidays like the the real life battle like a, a message messaging with a listener the other day and they're like it's so nice to hear about like to for you to other people to be like man it's just hard to, to try to play games during this time of year you know? it it's crazy and then if you know and we're just talking about like work you know but we're not even talking about like there's people that are gonna have to travel for the holidays mm-hmm. uh if you have to tr- do like multiple like holidays you know with like different parts of the family like it, it, it's pretty intense and crazy and we're crazy people who want to play the latest greatest games and my backlog stack which i'm now just going to keep in like a pile of shame next to my desk instead of putting it on the shelf just so i can remind myself every time i load something up that i probably shouldn't (laughs) that i have a stack of games to to play that i bought on black friday and non-black friday like death stranding get get to that get back to that eventually (laughs) Uh, so i can form a full opinion of why i don't think it's that great but, and then uh, watching still uh, going through Dragon Age Inquisition, I think we hit like the 40 hour mark, which is just crazy because it doesn't feel like it's been 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. Still rewatching Buffy. Just finished. Se- We're like halfway through season two of that. And that's about it. I didn't realize Silicon Valley like is over already. Like I, I was waiting for the new season that I was on <laughs> HBO Go this morning and it's like watch the whole series now and season six is just there i'm just like shit when did this happen so i have to i have to marathon that when i get some time uh but that's it for me all right uh we're gonna jump into some questions we got a couple questions some uh that i think they all came from the facebook group this time so if you want to join the facebook group just search digital days gaming uh it'll show up it'll send a notification to myself or michael that you want to join the group there's some really cool conversations that happen in there um, and then you can also just uh, send us questions using hashtag Ask Digital Days uh, Gaming or Ask Digital Days, the hashtag, or something to, to the extent of uh, Ask DDG. Um, so Randy S. Um, asked in the Facebook group, do you know what is so bad about Mass Effect Andromeda? I played the game about six months after it came out, and I really enjoyed it. It's been a while since I completed it, but I don't recall any real issues. I can't seem to find anyone that can explain why it's, quote, dumpster fire. Uh, please don't tell me, you know, uh, quote-unquote microtransactions or it's EA or any other uh, BS reason like that. I'd really like to know exactly what was wrong with it. Keep in mind, I've never played any of the other Mass Effect games, so maybe there were they were all super good and this one um, pales to those. Thanks. So, I... I know. <laughs> I, I think I know too. Um, the first part, just from a development, from my understanding of talking to a lot of people that were uh, fans of Mass Effect, is that this was Bioware's like B or C team that was working on this. Nobody was really working on this. So that was from the original Mass Effect trilogy, correct? Yes and no. So yeah, you are right. It was led by the B or C team, or the, the B team. I think they're just two yeah. studios now. They used to be three. I think. Right. I think actually this was the third studio, and they closed after this. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was it wasn't worked on the A team. Uh, the A team riddled did, with tech issues at yeah, launch. Yeah, the A team had to jump in to like finish it up. But yeah, it was it was a buggy mess. It was a technical mess at first, and 
outside of the technical mess, uh, Mass Effect, the, the original trilogy, set up, like, a whole universe, multi, multiple universe sort of thing. You know, there's so much you can play with. And they kind of just tried to just make another Mass Effect game, you know, like, try and... You know, some people say, like, the new Star Wars trilogy is tr- trying too hard to be the old Star Wars. Like, you hear yeah, stuff. The new, the new Mass Effect wasn't trying enough to be a Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 was, it wasn't, you know, taking chances, taking risks. It just felt kind of cookie cutter. But I think the big thing was technical reasons. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong on this. Bioware kind of had a roadmap, a roadmap for it for the future and had possible plans for DLC and maybe not like thoroughly announced plans for DLC, but then that roadmap kind of just disappeared. That DLC ideas kind of disappeared. Kind of like what happened with Anthem, you know, where there's like a roadmap and then they just kind of like quietly take that roadmap down. It wasn't a full blown live game roadmap sort of situation, but there was definitely like, Hey, this game's buggy. This needs fixing. They fixed some of that stuff. They did a really good job. So, like, you playing yeah. it six months later probably explains a lot of why you were able to enjoy it more than people that bought it on launch. And I think the people that bought it on launch were hoping to see a continuation of the investment that they had over the last three games. And Mass Effect was also one of the, the first games where your choices mattered game to game to game. Yeah. And it wasn't... I don't know necessarily if people were hoping, like, the like the the original trilogy was going to play a part in it too much but they were at least they had an expectation of you know like... yeah there's a there's a gameplay element that comes with a name mm-hmm. so like one of the better examples that I was I kind of just thought about while you were talking was so and it looks like it might be the future of what Sony is, is deciding to do with uncharted but you had uncharted 1 you had uncharted 2 uncharted 3 and uncharted 4 all of those were continuational stories of the Nathan of Nathan Drake. And then you had Uncharted Lost Legacy, which was an Uncharted game, but it didn't involve a lot of the main care the main cast. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like they were using Uncharted... like if they tried to just release that game as, you know, I don't even it, obviously it had to Tumor. be somewhat called Uncharted. It had to be called Uncharted because it had characters from the Uncharted universe, but that was essentially like a spin-off game with that brand attached to it. And that's sort of what I feel like my understanding of what Un- what Andromeda ended up being to most people and it's not what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I that may be true to some extent. I I, I from what I understand too, is this, it, it was just, just too cookie cutter in the end yeah. to where this it's like, yeah, this isn't the Mass Effect game that they wanted. Yeah, like it's either continue the original trilogy or do something drastically different in the same universe, and they did neither. Yeah. And, and this is the same community that pretty much forced Bioware to make additional DLC for Mass Effect Three because they weren't happy with how it ended. It wasn't the ending that they wanted. Yeah, so that, that that community was already kind of in some turmoil. And as someone who's currently going through Dragon Age right now, hopefully Bioware gets their shit together. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, but yes, like, I, I don't want to take away anybody's joy from playing a game. I'm, I'm just using, I have a lot of friends that I talk to on a very regular basis that play video games or are invested in the games. Like, even when we're in just a PSN party chat, if you've ever seen me in a party chat sometimes... I'm in a chat with five or six people, and all of us are playing different things. 
which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But the conversations that we're having about what's good and what's not, and, and that's where like I try to have my own opinion, but I also value what you know. There are certain people that I value their opinion because they've played the games, they play harder games than I do. They they're more physically invested in stories and 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 other aspects of gaming to where I need I would like to hear what they have to say to help form my opinion as well. And most of the people that were invested heavily into Mass Effect had huge problems with Andromeda. Mm-hmm. They're like the game itself is fine. It's just not Mass Effect. Yeah. After the technical problems. Right. Like, I think that is the major thing, is that the technical problems at first. And then people dissected the game even further, and then we're just like, no, this just doesn't work. But apparently they're working on a new Mass Effect, so they're going to reboot it again. And Mass Effect's not alone in this. Like, Assassin's Creed's had these problems with tech issues... And, you know, trying to reinvent themselves, uh, you know, multiple times of, like, however many, like, what, ten Assassin's Creed games and, and that we've had right now. And there's a, I feel like there's a an expectation that comes with you putting that name Assassin's Creed on the box now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there's sure. an expectation. But BioWare has built, previously built a, a strong expectation of good stories and good gameplay. And unfortunately, the last couple of games they came out with didn't have either one of those yeah, especially, you know, Mass Effect 3 was a good game, but the ending had controversy. Dragon Age Inquisition was a good game and set a high expectation, and then they followed up with Andromeda, which was not great, and then Anthem, we know that story, so a lot of pressure on them right now to to come through and either fix Anthem, reboot Mass Effect again, and then successfully do something with Dragon Age. Uh, four. So, yeah. Alright, you want to take the next question? Yeah, this is uh, from Chris V. Our con- we talked about this earlier, technically. Are console wars still a thing? It almost feels like no, but I know folks still tend to take sides. PCs win anyways. I'm a Mac person, though, so I don't know anything about that. My new 50 grand Mac Pro can game, though, $400 wheels or $400 wheels. So, that's not the sentence has some grammar issues. I think he's missing a few words. Uh, but the main thing, um, are console wars still a thing, Dave? Um, I think they are because people are going to make them a thing. Just like there's still a thing when like I only buy, and I'm not saying this is me. I'm using it as an example, but I'm only going to buy like American-made cars. Or I'm only going to buy GM cars, or I'm only going to buy Ford cars. As much as that's a thing, versus I need to find the thing that best fits my functionality currently right now. Um, yeah, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I console wars were a thing for me when I was in high school. <laughs> now I'm I'm older and I I could care less what console wins in the end, and just want good games to be there. Uh, I feel like console wars are important. Uh, obviously, when you invest in a console, especially now they're 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 expensive. I see the the mentality of like i invested 500 dollars in this thing this thing better be the best thing ever and i'm going to convince people this was a good purchase and not a mistake so i feel like that's where the council war actually really is <laughs> for it's just people in invest- justification of purchasing <laughs> yes you know just there are people that are going to be diehard about that atari thing that stole everyone's money that hasn't released yet you know there's always going to be, like, hyper fans for things that will shit on other things, you know? Like, right now, there's someone who really likes Creed and is a really big Creed fan, you know? Like, there, there's going to always be those diehard fans, even though it's illogical to be a diehard fan for them. 
And yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like you were saying earlier, like where your friends are, what you're what you what you're into, what offers the most entertainment value for you, and the the landscape has been changing so much with like free to play games and like the stuff that we've been talking about today of how they're not about they're, that aspect is still there of here's a here's a thirty hour game here's a twelve hour game that's that's amazing that costs sixty dollars and then here's something that you can you know spend twenty dollars on every six months or every three months and have hours and hours of entertainment out of it whether that's Fortnite for you or Warframe or Modern Warfare. Um, you know, League of Legends, any of these games that you're playing, if it's Destiny, if it's if it's For Honor, if it's um, you know Rainbow Six, like there's all these you know the games of service is a thing. If you don't like them, like don't play them. If you're a big single player guy that you just like to you know put put your disc in and then when you see the, when you see the credits roll, you know that you're done and you can put it on the shelf. Like that's there for you and all of those things are fine. Play where your friends are. Play with what you want to play, and just have fun. Yeah, no, it's that's how I how I see it as well, and that's why we we, we talked about crossplay earlier. Crossplay is huge for that, and I think that's kind of killing the console war flames because now just you're playing games with other people. If you're a diehard Call of Duty fan, guess what? You're actually playing with Xbox and PC people right now. If you're yeah, on PS4, because the conversation might be like. You know, you're out to, I don't even know, you're at, you know, parent-teacher conferences and you're sitting in the hallway with another, you know, another parent there and, you're, you know, somehow it comes up that, you know, some reference to Call of Duty and then all, the question always was, well, what do you play on? And it's like, oh, I've, you know, like Xbox. Oh, okay, never mind. Like, and that so it kind of ends the conversation. But now it doesn't anymore. I, we legitimately at work had this discussion earlier because we were talking about Call of Duty and someone popped in. He's like, oh, what platform, or, or or, like, what, what system are you guys playing on? And we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. And we explained to them, like, yeah, no, it literally doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. now we're going to play with that person now. Because they had it mm-hmm. on Xbox and they had no idea it was crossplay. Yeah. But when they asked what platform we're playing on, I'm on PS4. My other friend is on uh, PC. And both of our answers were, it doesn't matter. And right. I think it's going to be a generational thing. It's going to be kind of crazy. Uh the video game version of OK Boomer is going to be the fanboys. <laughs> you know, the fanboys are going to go off and we're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Shut the fuck up. Big, big marquee games right now. Call of Duty is cross-play. Fortnite is cross-play. Um, you know, some of these other games are starting to come become cross-play. Like, I, I, I would assume that EA is probably going to be the next at this point in time. They're going to look at the success of Call of Duty and the, the, there's no reason why the next Battlefield game shouldn't be cross-play. At this point in time, like if if Call of Duty can do it, like we've always heard that you know Sony to to a fault, we've always heard from developers at E3 or at things of like, oh yeah, we support crossplay, but they won't let us, and they is is Sony, and it seems like that is starting to to dissolve a little bit, and I still stand by it. I think whether publicly he said something different or not, the fact that the movement that's happened at Sony with the upper management leads me to believe that there was huge issues in that hierarchy and it started with Layton. Yeah, no, there was definitely an ideology difference, especially if you look at, we want to go into that a little bit. The current person charged Ryan was very against crossplay. Layton was definitely super for it. And then, you know, things started to change and people got put in different 
parts of power. Other people found themselves out of power. It's like a whole thing. But there was definitely a philosophical difference between people at PlayStation. And hopefully now it's changed for the better. Even though it's weird, though. Layton was definitely the guy for it. And then he ended up the one... Publicly, out. at least. It, publicly for it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It, it's gonna think it's it's definitely a thing that helps for sure uh we we need a cat emote on twitch oh did you did you could you tell that the cat was coming (laughs) i just put my hand out right now to pet the cat because the cat it's been it's been in the background image for me too so oh okay fun it's just not on twitch stream so (laughs) the video's cropped so you can't see the cat just standing there yeah, yeah, so if, if somebody brought it up the other day, too, by the way. If it, we're working on some things, and I'm still learning some things, but if you're watching on Twitch, I'm aware that Michael's camera necessarily isn't as detailed as mine. My camera is a, is a direct feed. Michael's is an image capture of my other monitor. Yeah. Um, so we're still working some kinks out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of, of learning, and, and you know, but we, we, it was very important for us to have the, the Twitch, the YouTube, and the audio versions of this yeah. all at the same time, and we're trying to to make through and this is the best way that we can do that right now and i'm constantly looking at ways to improve it so. yeah but right um, now on twitch you can't see the cat because <laughs> the image is cropped yeah but regardless we still need a cat emote just so that anytime the cat shows up on stream yeah just, just spam a, the emote <laughs> yeah just a tail emote <laughs> yeah so all right um last question of the night is from angelo my wife um and i she prefaced me with this question before she even posted it and i have no idea the answer to this myself uh so what is one gift that you really wanted as a kid and you never got um as condescending as this sounds for the most part i can't remember me not getting something that i really wanted i i was i came from a pretty well-off situation but i also never really asked for anything outrageous and if i did ask for something outrageous my mom and dad would just tell me like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so I, 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 re- I was thinking about it for the most of the most part of the day today, um, and I can't. There's nothing that springs to mind right away. Um, I, I mean, we got a Super Nintendo for Christmas. I got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas a couple years later. Um, my dad was always a huge advocate of like go rent the game for two or three weekends, which is crazy to me that he's like go spend you know twenty twenty five dollars to make sure you really like it, and then we'll go spend sixty bucks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, um, but for the most part, he was you know, it, growing up as a kid, and even you know, even my 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 kids are are learning it too. Is like if you can make a justification for exactly what you why you need something and and the reason why it costs you know a certain amount of dollars. And and he understands that reasoning. That reasoning, he'll make the purchase. For, for me, I, I'm kind of the same way. Not not the the well off part, but <laughs> the I never really asked anything for Christmas. I I'm always just the type of person. I don't really like receiving gifts because people expect like a, a certain emotional reaction, and I'm just not really capable of emotional reactions like that. Most of the time, people will get me a gift and they think I hate it. Because I'm just like, oh, cool, thanks. This is what I wanted, and that's the extent of my reaction. And people expect like a way bigger uh, emotional reaction. Uh, but for the most part, I was never a kid. Like my parents would ask me what I wanted for Christmas, and I would just be like, oh, just whatever. Like no big deal. You know, even me at a little, like at like five, I would still be like, no, just whatever. Don't really, don't really care. So I, there's nothing that I can think of that I'm like. You know, I'm 30 now, thinking back, like, man, if only I got this one toy when I was seven. 
Yeah, I mean, there was never. I, I never wanted like the the quote unquote like tickle me Elmo that was like almost impossible to get, and then it was gone. Like there, there was never anything that I felt was like this this higher tiered thing. Um, I mean, growing up as a kid, we always got one major gift from you know from Santa, and then you know we got gifts directly from our you know from my parents and things like that. And again, like I don't think that I ever. I guess I I never asked for like a hoverboard like you hear about these kids asking for now like the three hundred dollar hoverboards I I don't it was it was a console every couple of you know a couple of years um, you know maybe like remote control cars you know but I don't I feel like the toys when you and I were you know eight from the ages of seven to twelve weren't four hundred dollars no so like when I when I was a little when I was a little kid it was just like. I'd like collecting all of the wrestling toys and all the X-Men yeah. toys. So they would ask me for Christmas and I'll just be like, Oh, just give me a wrestler. Or give me a, like yeah. an X-Men. And they would give to me. And no matter which one it was, as long as I didn't have it, I was cool. You know, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. I don't have this one. I don't even, I don't care what character it was. Just give me that. So like Christmas, you know, cause the wrestlers were $10 and the X-Men were like 15. I would get like two or three of them. Yep. And that'll make my Christmas, and I'll be like, "Cool, I can make good stories with this." You know? Yeah, and I'd get a couple play sets. Like, I, I, I mean, I remember getting like the Ninja Turtle inflatable blimp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and that got you know that got pretty big. You know, um, I can remember being fooled by my brother. Like when Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong came out on the Super Nintendo. Like, I really wanted Donkey Kong, and he he purchased he purchased it for me, but put it in this like baseball bat box. So I thought, like, underneath the tree, my gift from my brother was like this. I was like, that's not a video game. (laughs) So, I mean, I I remember that. My brother is, uh, I I mentioned it before, my brother's 10 years older than me. So, like, when I was 12, he was obviously, like, 22, 23. And he would be out of, he was in the service. And he'd come home for Christmas. And he'd always, you know, want to know what we wanted. And trying to help with, you know, those things. And so I never felt, like, out of place, um... And, and I, I know it sounded a bit like my dad had a, a great job and my parents run and my parents still run their own business. So there was just this quote unquote extra money that they could make sure that they, they always took care of. They, they plan very well. Like they they manage their finances way better than I ever did and ever and, and currently do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like my parents would always make sure like that it was going to be a good Christmas for like the, the, the four kids. Uh, but usually like it would be like, one kid would get like a big gift every year and that spot would like alternate kind of, you know, like one or two kids like the would get like a big gift. And then the the rest of the kids would get like, just like regular Christmas gifts. So there would be like a rotation, uh, in that. Uh, but my family's never been like, none of my siblings are really that big on presents. Uh, you know, we're, we're just like, we get annoyed at each other when someone spends too much money on a gift. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm kind of one of those things where, like, if my son's phone breaks in July, like, I just get him a new phone. Yeah. Like, I don't wait and say, oh, let's just see what you get for Christmas. Like, it's just not kind of how it functions for me. Um, And if I can, you know, my wife and I are kind of the same way. If there's something that she sees that she really wants and, you know, we can figure out a way to make it work financially, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to put that away in, you know, in July in my head and and give it to you for Christmas. Like, I don't have the attention span for something that long. same you know just like, okay you like that now okay we'll just get it now or just yeah. like i don't like waiting for myself either you know if, it's just a, if there's something i like i'm not gonna tell other people like i really like that i'm just gonna just get it for myself 
All right, uh, so that wraps the show for this week. Uh, again, social media is a huge thing for us. Interacting with you guys as a community is the top of the list. So please uh, follow us on Twitter at Digital Days Pod. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, whatever podcast service you use. If you don't, if there's a podcast service you use and we're not on it, email Michael at DigitalDaysGaming.com and he'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> He will. He's learned how to fix it at a lot of things. There's stuff, there's places that our podcast is that we don't even, I don't even ever, I've never even heard of. Um, sharing the podcast is huge. Uh, sharing it on social media, sharing it out to telling your friend about it. Um, the numbers are, you know, are, are the numbers are what they are and, and exposing more people to the show is the goal that we have going forward um, now. So please, just anything that you can do to share the podcast, word of mouth, making recommendations on the Facebook page, recommending your friends like it, something as simple as sharing one of our posts and say, hey, check this out. They talk about, you know, like, hey, Jimmy, I know you're a real big fan of the video game awards and these guys talk, you know, in depth about it. You should give them a listen. Like, that'd be great. That'd be appreciated. Um, and, you know, like I said, join the group. Uh, just search on Facebook, uh, Digital, Digital Days Gaming. Uh, like the page, facebook.com slash digitaldaysgaming. Hit the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash digitaldaysgaming. And I'm saying those three words too often in a row. <laughs> but you haven't um, messed just, up. Yep. And, just, and hit our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming. And follow and subscribe and share. And then if you so choose, you can help us support us on Patreon. There are tiers listed there. Any way that you see fit is, is a great help. But the focus right now is exposing more and more and more people to the podcast. So please just, if you, if you are unable to support us financially, if you don't believe in Patreon, if you don't believe in using Twitch or any of that stuff, that's fine. Your, your listenership is more than enough. But just tell somebody else to listen to. Yep. <laughs> and we would appreciate it. Um, so I hope everyone has a great week. We will be back next week. Uh, on the audio version, I will we'll, we will remind people through social media during the week. Um, it I don't see the show being live anytime next week at all. So if it is, then it's just a bonus. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll try to stream when we can stream. But we're looking forward to 2020, trying to get on a more of a standard schedule for you guys uh, uh, from a streaming standpoint. Like Michael mentioned on Tuesdays at four o'clock for him. Um, I don't know when or how I can commit to a certain day, but I will figure it out. <laughs> but other than that, I hope everyone has a great week. We will talk to you later. See ya.